the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This on-demand presentation from Talk910.com. This is Rob Black. Hear the Rob Black Show every weekday from 10 to noon Pacific Time on 910 AM, more stimulating talk, San Francisco. Thanks for your support. Enjoy the show. This is the new generation of talk radio in the Bay Area. This is KNEW, AM and HD, Oakland, San Francisco, San Jose. Now, your money, your life. It's Rob Black. Out goes Armstrong and Getty. In comes Rob Black. Talking all things financial. That's my shtick. I'll put a spin on anything. Tiger Woods, sponsorships. Lady Gaga selling new albums. Selling albums in the day and age where we're not selling music. Music is, uh, is in decline, digitally speaking. Digitally, it's still expanding, but very, very slowly. We just got the music industry all a flutter. So this segment, I want to talk a little bit about Vegas and Obama. I want to talk a little bit about Toyota, Honda. I want to talk about new problems for Toyota. Stocks are getting hammered today. I know. I know you're saying, no, they can't possibly have a, a, a problem. They do. They do. And, of course, I'm going to blend in the stock market when I can. So uh, just keep a heads up. This show moves fastly and it turns on a dime. So Roy LaHood today. He's our transportation secretary. He uh, comes out of out, he goes out of his way to say, "quote Stop driving your Toyotas. Take them to the dealership." That's kind of crazy. He says we need to fix the problem so people don't have to worry about disengaging the engine or slamming the brakes on, putting it in neutral. He says, "Stop driving it." That's a pretty, I would say, heavy damnation, right? So not good to be Toyota today. Could you imagine being a Toyota car salesperson? Hopefully you saved some money in an emergency fund for situations along these lines because you're not selling many vehicles this month. Now, let's blend in a little Steve Wozniak. I know you're saying the human Chewbacca? Yeah, Steve Wozniak. He's got something to say today about Toyota as well. I mean, Don't they all come out of the woodwork? Anyone who kind of likes PR and anyone who kind of likes media, anytime there's an opportunity, don't they all come out of the woodwork? And for those of you who don't remember, Steve Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak were partners at Apple. And um, Wozniak has kind of lived off that for a very, very, very long time. And they were friends at Atari and things along those lines. But Steve Wozniak, also known as Woz, and for the record, I love the guy because he contributes a lot of money to museums. And I think that's a good thing. So... He's seen a couple software glitches in his time. Of course he has. In gadgets that he's created, in gadgets that he's collected. He's a gadget guy. So he's one of those guys that when the Segway comes out, he's on top of it. On the news, showing everyone a Segway. Kind of a goofball if you get where I'm going at with this. He said his 2010 Toyota Prius started accelerating on its own. He said it went up to 97 miles per hour when he used cruise control to increase the speed, vehicle speed. So he had to put on the brakes to stop it from accelerating. This is not good for Toyota. He may be thinking that, you know, he's helping, but this is not good for Toyota right now. Wozniak, he's 59 years old. 
He wanted to alert Toyota and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, the possible safety issue, but he grew frustrated because no one would listen to him. So thanks to the media blitz this week, people are listening to him. And on top of that, Toyota has said, you know, we're going to take his his vehicle and diagnose the problem. We're going to see if we can't figure out what's wrong with it. So he turned over his 2010 Toyota Prius to Toyota, and they're going to take a look at it. So kind of goofy, right? Now, Japan is getting in on the action. Now, Roy LaHood, our transportation secretary, grilling Toyota. Japan's getting in on the action as well now. Japan, uh, the Japanese government, they've said, Toyota, you need to, to investigate your brakes. The newest Prius hybrid model has received 14 reports of brake trouble. So again, Wozniak says the accelerator accelerated on the 2010 Prius, and that's not one of the vehicles that has the pedal problems. Now, Japan's saying that the new 2010 Priuses have brake problems. There's been 14 reports of brake trouble. In the United States, there's been 161 complaints of brake problems. Drivers have complained that brakes on their Priuses have momentarily stopped working when driving at low speeds, especially on slippery surfaces, bumpy surfaces, or icy surfaces. Now, all Priuses, starting with the first-generation model that went on sale in 1997, they got what are called regenerative brakes. So when you're actually braking, you're increasing your battery. And for a, a hybrid vehicle who runs on battery, uh, it's kind of important. You actually get better gas mileage in a Prius in the city than you do on the highway because the, the braking always kicks in. So the technology can significantly increase the economy of the fuel for the vehicle. So uh, Toyota's got problems. And again, this is where it comes out. Yesterday, we saw Toyota stock going higher. Today, we're seeing it go 4 or 5% lower. There's going to be a buying opportunity in Toyota because no matter what, they're going to sell a lot of damn vehicles. They are. Now, me, my mind share is damaged. I don't want to put a baby in a Toyota. I don't want to potentially think about brake problems. I don't want to potentially think about acceleration problems. I just want to drive, drive, Robert, drive. I don't want to think about it. It's not in my mind. So I'm not going to buy a Toyota for five years. Now, I need a new vehicle. It's not going to be a Lexus. It's not going to be a Toyota. I can tell you that. Unless, of course, we get dealership sponsoring the show and they say, hey, Rob Black, we'd like to put you into a Toyota for a deal. I'm like, yeah, I'll die. I don't care. Put me in the death trap. I'm good with it. It's free, right? <laughs> Let me check one more time. It's free, right? So, uh, yeah, it's kind of the way the, the world works, right? So, anyway, Honda. Again, not Toyota, Honda. Yesterday, was I smoking dope? Because I think I called Honda a European car company. I think I did. Um, Honda out of Japan, they raised their forecast for the fiscal year ending in March. Cost cuts, recovering vehicle demand, uh, better than expected earnings. So the car makers clearly weathered the global downturn. Now, fuel-efficient vehicles, not quite as fuel-efficient as Toyota, but nonetheless, they've got a great motorcycle division. I used to have a Honda Nighthawk 550. No, Honda Nighthawk, 650. I had a 650. Great motorcycle. Anything bigger than a 650, too big. Too big. Like uh, having a horse under your legs. It's crazy. Now, demand for cars in China and India have expanded significantly. And Honda's a player there. And you know as well as I do that they're benefiting from the weakness in Toyota. Because kind of Americans, we, we trust Hondas. We trust Toyotas. The mindshare has been won. Now mindshare is going to be damaged to Toyota. And again, in a week, we may not ever bring up the damn story again. It may be over. But for me, I'm going to go, I'm going to be a little bit cautious here. I'm going to be a little bit cautious. Now, Obama's in the news today. He's talking about clean coal. 
I know you're saying coal that's clean. Have you ever been in a coal mine? Have you ever picked up a, a big old rock of coal? It ain't clean. It's anything but clean. Now, President Barack Obama is meeting with governors from coal producing states, hoping to earn their support for a languishing energy bill and to bolster his image as a leader willing to work with Republicans as well as Democrats. He's planned to announce today steps to increase the role of biofuels in powering the nation and to release a report on how Washington could increase investments in green technologies. The president also expected to discuss the so-called clean coal technology. Um, so he's in the news today talking about clean coal. Coal, if you want to invest in it, there's no shame in that. I know you're saying, Rob, I want a good investment. And I'll say things like Philip Morris. It's the international cigarette company. And it's, it's focused on the international. Altria is the U.S. version of Philip Morris. So, and it's just focused on the United States. And they've got the cute name Altria. It, it, it sounds like altruistic, right? It sounds like a good thing. Hey, I'm going to buy a pack of cigarettes from Altruistic or Altria. Um, but it's not good. It's, it's bad. But you can invest in coal. You can invest in cigarettes. So there's no doubt about it. The interesting thing about coal, like a company like Patriot Coal, it's a play more on China because they don't care about their environment. In the United States, we throw a hissy fit. We throw a hissy fit. We're going to bring hundreds and thousands of jobs to central part of California, but in there's going to be more traffic. And it's like, oh, oh, well, we can't do that. We can't possibly pollute our environment while we're creating jobs. Just so people know, jobs create pollution. So anytime you study anything in the world of economics, business is bad for the environment. There's no business environment that's positive. Any job you create is going to be bad for the environment. One arrow goes to the left, one arrow goes to the right. That's what you need to learn about environment and uh, the economy. So anyway, neither here nor there, neither here nor there. Now, Obama's in trouble yet again. A couple, uh, while he was running for president, you might remember that he was, you know, angry at CEOs for going to Vegas for their big, uh, you know, conventions and CEO get-togethers and, and uh, annual reports and uh, companies need to, you know, not flaunt it. Don't go to Vegas. Don't go to Vegas. And then suddenly Vegas was in a recession and Vegas like, stop saying that. Dude, stop saying that. Seriously. We, we have jobs here. Stop it. So Vegas is in the news today. Again, President Barack Obama, he's you, he's pretty eloquent guy, most people would say. But when it comes to Vegas, he puts his foot in his mouth pretty aggressively. Firestorm of criticism. And who doesn't love Vegas during Super Bowl week? Come on, aren't you jonesing a little bit to go to the Hard Rock Cafe right now? A little bit to play a little video poker? Just a little bit? So um, anyway, he was making the simple point that families are using vacation dollars, not college tuition money, to have fun. There's no place better to have fun than Vegas, one of our country's greatest destinations. Um, So basically, he says, when times are tough, you got to tighten your belts. You can't blow a bunch of cash on Vegas when you're trying to save for college. You prioritize. Now, this is kind of... You can't blow a lot of money in Vegas. Basically, what he said is, you're not going to win in gambling. And he basically said something that's kind of smart, like save money for your kid's college. But at the same point in time, he didn't have to slander or go after Vegas. He could have just left it there. Save money for your kid's college. Las Vegas Mayor Oscar Goodman, he basically put together a news conference in like 15 seconds. And he'll say, I'll do everything I can to give him the boot. The president is a real slow learner. Pretty funny comment, right? I mean, that's... In Democrat Congressman Shelley Berkeley, she says, enough's enough. President Obama needs to stop picking on Vegas. He needs to get let the Americans decide for themselves how they want to spend their hard-earned vacation money. 
The Nevada's tourism has been really, really hard hit. And the last two years, consumers everywhere are tightening leisure spending and companies spend less on meetings and conventions. You get the idea. So Obama probably just, you know, I get some slack. Sometimes I'll make a parallel to a pretty girl analogy. I'll use pretty girl versus ugly girl. And it's like too much. Obama needs to stop talking about Vegas. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639. It's the Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. Anything financial you want to pick up the phone, give me a call. 800-345-5639. You going to go to Vegas? You going to do a little wagering on, on sports? No one's asked me to fill out a, a, a bracket this year. I feel kind of bummed. No reason to watch the Super Bowl. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. It's Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. Rob Black, 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. break a little bit when he said back or is that just me seven nation army couldn't hold me back 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there it's 800-345-5639 caller called in and talked to Heidi but he doesn't want to talk to the radio audience shame shame but he said something interesting he said uh, GM and Ford they're the ones clearly profiting from the Toyota issue V well VW as well VW says they want to be the largest car seller in the world this year Sort of a conflict of interest to have Roy LaHood, transportation secretary, come out and say, stop driving Toyota. Then he throws in that extra line of take it to the shop and get it fixed. But everyone's focusing in on stop driving Toyota. And uh, yeah, there's a little conflict of interest because General Motors is owned by the United States government right now. Um, interesting, right? So as a CEO of a company, you, you can't really do that. Uh, in very, very, very poor taste to take advantage of someone and then they're down. But I guess, uh, yeah, I guess you could do that as a CEO. So, but as an owner of a company, you got to be careful with material statements when you hurt other businesses. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. I got an email that's kind of interesting and kind of intriguing all at the same time. It comes to me from, what is his name? God, he's got one of those um, emails. Rob. Oh, good God. Email to Rob from Rob. Basically, he says, um, I've got an idea. He's looking at a high-yield corporate bond fund. And this high-yield corporate bond fund yields 9%. And he wants to replace a CD that's a $100,000 CD that's getting him, you know, probably 1%. And he wants to go from 1% to 9%. And what I can tell you is he needs this for money and income. High yield basically is money that's lent to institutions or governments that's maybe not going to come back to you. California is considered to be a junk bond almost state. Some of our projects aren't going to get finished and they're going to basically evaporate and money invested into those bonds would thus evaporate unless they were secured by somebody. So, Vanguard high yield, it's getting 9%. And he goes, um, I need to generate income. 
Fluctuation share price and value is not counted. And if I keep it long term for distributions, would that matter? Is it too risky? Yeah, it's too risky. Um, you went from 1% to 9%. What do you think? No risk. Like, why wouldn't everyone in the world say, you know what, I'm I'm going to put none of my money ever in a CD earning 1% ever again. Instead, I'm going to go for that 9%. That looks really good and solid. No, think of it like if you're a bank. You're, you're Banky Banker Man, and Banky Banker Man has to lend out money. And he sees someone like Heidi, my radio producer, who's got a great job history. And she works in a great location in the world, and there's a lot of job security because she's a oncologist and people always get cancer. Well, she's going to get a loan at 2 3 4 5%. Whereas me, addicted to crack cocaine, can't hold a job. I'm working in the industry, a paper boy. I'm going to get a loan at 7 8 9%. And between the two, we'd have a blended rate of return of roughly 5% is the idea. The bank knows that. The bank knows that she's good for it. The bank knows that I may or may not be. So they're going to charge me more money because they, I may fail on it. So ultimately, what this emailer is doing is he's investing in companies that are stressed. And when those companies fail, and if they do fail, your $100,000 can become zero. And then 9% of zero ain't a lot, is it? So you have to be very, very careful on expectations. To me, the strategy would be blend your income strategy. Blend your income strategy. Get some high yield go with some high-quality corporate to go with CDs or money markets. The higher rate of yield, the more you're getting on your money, the more risk it has to take to get you that. You cool with that? Capiche? You good? 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. You know, Comcast is merging. Well, they're acquiring a large chunk of NBC. Now, NBC Universal. And NBC affiliates, let me say that correctly, NBC affiliates, they're freaked out. They're asking Comcast to write a letter saying, you're not going to hold us hostage down the road. You're not going to charge us more. The hearing um, with another one held by the Senate Judiciary Antitrust Subcommittee is basically bringing in, you know, all the affiliates. So Comcast reported fourth quarter earnings that boosted their profits, added more subscribers, and affiliates are a little bit leery of making sure that they get their coverage through Comcast. Uh, They're a little bit leery. They don't trust them. So Comcast is a huge company, huge company. Speaking of Comcast, they had a great quarter, great quarter. And you can invest in companies like Comcast. It's it's a pretty easy thing to do. Now, when you invest in companies like Comcast, you also have to know that they own more than just cable. Don't you wish you, like, I'm not going to say this. Don't you wish, like, hmm, you can invest in, you know, your, your cable TV. Like, you get your bill and you're like, oh, I'm... I bet I'm buying their, the CEO's kids a college education at Princeton. Well, you could actually become an owner of that CEO. You could actually become an owner of the company. And I think that's the one thing that probably excites me the most about investing is the, the, the greatness of it, the fun of it, the, um, the angle of let's make some money. So Comcast is publicly traded. You can go out and buy it, take some CMCS. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to tell you, like, you should buy it. I'm saying that you can buy it because I don't want to get into any troubles where people go out and buy it and then come back to me and say, well, you said I was going to make money, but you didn't realize it was a five-year time frame that you need to make money and not a one-year time frame. Get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. So 
Comcast reports a great quarter. Now, Time Warner, do you remember what Time Warner recently did? Time Warner recently booted AOL. So a content-only Time Warner announced their earnings today, and they reported a profit of $627 million thanks to HBO. Oh, can you imagine? Time Warner owns HBO. That's a pretty good business too, right? Think about it. Sex in the City. That was a billion-dollar franchise. Sopranos, billion-dollar franchise. Girls uh, get the DVDs for Sex in the City, and now they got True Blood. Now they got Big Love. Now they got uh, Entourage. Again, they just keep coming. They got the the, the show Hung. So now I, I don't think Hung's going to be as big of a franchise as, say, True Blood is, but True Blood's going to be probably as big of a franchise as, say, Sex and the City was. So you're learning a little bit about companies that are publicly traded. They've got content. They've got product. And HBO is just a golden goose for Time Warner. You know, Showtime's okay, but HBO is just killer. Like, I think the best TV, and I don't think I'm going too far out of my way to say this, I think the best show is on TV or on, on HBO now. I think a lot of people would say that. You know, Showtime's got one or two good ones like Dexter, but I've got HBO, and I pay my 20, 30 bucks a month, whatever it is, so I can watch the best shows on TV. So 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Another thing that you got to know about the Comcast, for instance, and I'm bouncing back from Time Warner to Comcast, Comcast, Time Warner, Comcast, Time Warner, Comcast, is that they also own, like, the Philadelphia Flyers. So sometimes you think you're getting one thing, but you're getting a lot more. Comcast also owns Versus, competitor to ESPN. You know who's another competitor to ESPN is the NFL Network, the NFL. They now have a channel where they're they're you know showing the football games and down the road maybe they all go there maybe maybe not but we'll see eight hundred three four five five six three nine to get your calls in there it's the Rob Black Show nine ten a.m. you can jump online on the blog comment there talk nine ten dot com talk nine ten dot com what's on your mind today you gonna buy a Toyota you gonna freak out about Vegas you gonna go to Vegas Super Bowl eight hundred three four five five six three nine it's Rob Black Show nine ten a.m. more stimulating talk when times are tough you. You tighten your belts. You don't go buying a boat when you can barely pay your mortgage. You don't blow a bunch of cash on Vegas when you're trying to save for college. He has a real psychological hang-up about the entertainment capital of the world. And uh, an apology won't be acceptable this time. Uh, I don't know where his vendetta comes from, but uh, we're not going to let him make his bones by lambasting Las Vegas. That's why you're here today. Uh, He didn't learn his lesson the first time, uh, but when uh, he hurt our economy by his ill-conceived rhetoric, uh, we didn't think it would would happen again. But now that it has, I want to assure you, when he comes, uh, I'll do everything I can to give him the boot back to Washington uh, and to visit his failures back there. And I got to tell you this, and everybody says I shouldn't say it, but I got to tell you the way it is. This president is a real slow learner. Man. Las Vegas Mayor Oscar Goodman calls it like he sees it. A real slow learner. Man, there's just government officials are just falling all over themselves today saying stupid stuff. You've heard uh, Transportation Secretary of the United States, Roy LaHood, he's backing off Totally, his comments, where earlier he said, don't drive Toyotas. Take them to the shop for repairs. And now, you know, Toyota freaked out about that. Don't drive Toyotas. What? And uh, 
they've backed off. Royal Hood apologized on that. So Las Vegas Mayor Oscar Goodman lambasting Obama, basically, because Obama said, you know, you should be saving your kids. Don't spend your college savings money on a vacation where you're going to lose a lot of money to uh, Vegas. It's what you and I both think out loud. I mean, we both think these things, but for the president to say it, it seems a little bit on the rude side. For instance, I go to Vegas this weekend. Let's say I want to get some sex time, sex time, and go gambling and be a high roller. I'm going to lose $5,000. I know that. You know that. That's what's going to happen. If I come back making 1000 or 2000 or 3000 in gambling, I'm the happiest man in the world. But I go knowing I'm going to lose money. I can say that out loud. I'm not President Barack Obama. I think the president has to choose his words a little bit more carefully. Now, again, Republicans hate Democrats. Democrats hate Republicans. You know that. I know that. Good guy shoots bad guys. Bad guy dies. Bad guy shoots good guy, bullets mess. P- Republicans agreed at the Democratic primary winner for the U.S. Senate seat that was once held by President Barack Obama in Illinois with an online video calling, saying, making Tony Soprano proud. Now, we all know uh, Chicago's got some mafia issues, right? So it's just dirty. It's dirty politics. And I guess it works. Democrats congratulated the Republican victor by calling him a Washington insider who wants to return to the failed policies that created the economic mess we now face. Obama's adopted home state was the wrong place to look for bipartisanship in the opening hours of a general election campaign that will have national implications because of the seat's previous occupant. So Democrat Alexei Giannalias was the Illinois Treasury uh, since 2007. He's going to face Republican Mark Kirk, a five-term congressman from Chicago's northern suburbs. So anyway, kind of cute, right? Kirk said in his speech that, you know, he set the stage for the Sopranos ad when he attacked corruption surrounding Illinois Democrats since the state legislature removed, removed Governor Rod Blagojevich from office. So, um, mafia, paying for uh, your Senate seat, things along those lines. Easy fodder for Republicans and Democrats alike. So we all know who Tony Soprano is. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. It's 800-345-5639. Give me a ring. What you think about this whole Toyota issue? Now, Benjamin Coleman, there's a good article in today's New York Times, and Benjamin Coleman is quoted in it because the title of the article in the Times is, No Help in Sight, More Homeowners Walk Away. Benjamin Coleman bought a condo in Miami in 2006. Uh Uh-oh, you know where this story is going to go, right? By his calculation, it's going to be the year 2025 before he can sell his little home for what he paid for it, or maybe 2040. This dude's figuring out you can lose money fast in real estate, and it takes a long freaking time to get to where you want it to go. He said in the article, people like me are beginning to feel like suckers. Now, in the Bay Area, I trashed real estate two, three, four years ago, and I got, you know, oh, you don't understand, California real estate always goes up. Parts of it do, mostly on the coast, but not all of it, especially that areas in Central California. I want to buy in Central California, put a gun to my head. I want it by 20 miles east of San Francisco if you put a gun to my head. I want to buy 10 miles east of San Jose. So no way, no shape, no how, no, no, no way. I'm about where jobs are. So after three years of plunging real estate values... After the bailouts, after the bankers, after the million-dollar bonuses, after Obama administration's loan modification plan, more and more people are starting to come up with the idea of, why not foreclose my house? Why not rent for half of what my mortgage is? Now, new research suggests that a home's value, when it falls below 75% of the amount owed on the mortgage, the owner starts to think about walking away. 
even if they have the money to pay. That's the kicker. You buy a million-dollar house and it goes down to 750000 it's going to take you a long time to get that appreciation. A long, long time. Or we're going to have suckers buying it from you to get that kind of appreciation back. Now, in a situation without precedent, we as Americans are, are now facing this. Millions of Americans are in a bleak position. We haven't found a, yet a way with how to deal with it. Because keep in mind, a person who got a house got a mortgage. And someone loaned him the money so that the deal can close and, and transaction could be complete. That person's promised 30 years of repayment at 6 7 8%. So you can't just say, let's wipe out what that guy loaned him. Like, that would be like me loaning you $10. And because, well, you lost your job, you feel like you only owe me 8 Well, reality is, I loaned you 10 I expected 12 back. I expected that rate of return. Not 8 plus 2. I expected 10 plus 2. Not, I didn't expect some modification. So the number of Americans now who owe more than their house is worth, virtually nil. That's a crazy statement, right? The number of Americans who owed more than their home's worth, virtually nil. When the real estate collapse began in 2006, now that number is an estimated 4.5 million. So about 10% of Americans with mortgages are upside down. In 2006, everyone was making money because 2005, when you bought it, it went up the next year. 2004, up. 2003, up. 2002, up. 2001, up. So 10% of people are, are seriously upside down now. Since the beginning of December, more and more Americans are coming to me and you know saying, what should I do? And it depends on how upside down you are and it depends on how you are with foreclosure. It really is. It's It's a personal issue. So... It's going to be interesting to see how this is going to fix or not fix because part of our wealth mentality is our home and our 401k. And for a lot of Americans, it ain't ever going back to where it was in 2006. I can say, honestly, I bought a house this year. I don't expect money to make money on it for 10 years. If that, I expect to lose money. And I'm the financial guy on the financial show. So where is my head at? So it would cost about $745 billion to restore all underwater borrowers to the point where they're breaking even. Now, again, break even is important because you and your sugar booger are starting to hump each other's legs. You're, you're just, you got to get out of town. You got to get out of town. But you look at your 401k and you go, I don't feel as rich as I used to. And you look at your home and you go, I don't feel as rich as I used to. So instead of Vegas, you go to Reno. Instead of Reno, you go to an Indian casino. So you kind of you know throttle it back. So whatever your your world of wealth is or isn't, you don't feel nearly as good. Let's face it, there's not an Indian casino that I know of where I'm like, ooh, they've got a luxury resort. Like, they're, you know, hot young people are going to stay all weekend long and get drunk and have premarital sex at the Hard Rock Cafe. So that's where I want to go, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. I want to go where hot, young, sexy people are, so I feel hot, young, and sexy. Indian casinos, I kind of want to get in and get out. Get in and get out. So take a shower afterwards. 800-345-5639. Nick, get your calls in the air. It's 800 800- 345-5639. Toyota's troubles are deepening. So now they've got a brake issue to go with their their accelerator pedal issue. They've got a mind share issue as well. 800-345-5639. It's Rob Black Show, 910 AM. More stimulating talk.
listening to Rob Black. 9:10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Black Show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. This is my long segment of the show. Basically runs about 20 plus minutes. You can call the show. I got time to kill. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. Anything that you want to talk about? Any financial questions that you might have? You want to talk about cloud computing? Are there investments in cloud computing? What is cloud computing? We could talk about it. If you don't want to talk about it, I'll talk about it. You know, one of my favorite magazines is Wired Magazine. Um, Not so much because it's financial information, but because it shows you where technology is going. And I highly recommend if you're going to be an investor, educate yourself as much as possible. I recently told someone I don't really read for fun anymore. Like Wired Magazine is as close as it gets. Um, You know, it's a technology magazine. And I guess I'm a tech enthusiast. But more importantly, I want to learn about things. I want to learn if like, if I invest in a company like Dell or HP, am I going to get into trouble? Because there's something new coming down the road. Abolish cloud computing. Cloud computing, is it there or not? That was the article that was written in Forbes recently. Now, I learned about cloud computing seven, eight years ago by a Wired magazine. So it takes a long time before technology hits, I guess what you would say, the laboratories into Main Street, which I guess you would say is Wall Street. So cloud computing, um, if having IT systems in the cloud is the same thing as over the internet, what's the point of all the, you know, the extra fluffy metaphors? Why call it cloud? It's just through the internet, right? That's basically the idea. It's software somewhere on the internet. You don't really know where it is. That's part of it. It's also storage on the internet. Storage is a big play here. There used to be a day when Oracle would come to your offices at Clear Channel, knock on the door. Uh, Mr. Scott, Mr. Scott, we, we've got this great new database that you can track how many people you've hired and how many people you've fired. You can track when the best time to hire is and when the best time to fire is. And he likes to say, bring it on in. So, and Oracle would say, well, you need computers. So they didn't sell computers. They'd, you'd put the database on, you know, hardware. So you'd call a hardware company to come in and put it in. There's been this big shift already that we know about that HP, IBM, Oracle, and Microsoft, not only do they want to say the hardware, they also want to sell you the hardware, the software, and then the services. Somehow it's going to turn services into software. The surware. No, no, no. So services, where's the money's at? In, in for the services, we're going, to, we're going to send people there to fix your hardware for you and fix your software and train you and give you the upgrades and install them for you. But it's going to be a 10-year deal. That visibility is great because they price the hardware in today's dollars, even though 10 years from now there's going to be a massive depreciation on the hardware. So services are a great business model. So question is, is cloud computing going to work? There's a company out there called software, um, salesforce.com, salesforce.com. And they're a pretty sexy stock. They're one of my top picks for the year because of people saying, you know what? I got to be careful. Instead of putting databases in my offices, why don't we just put the database software on the internet somewhere and I'll just let my Salesforce get to it that way. So that's where it's in the cloud. If you take a look at Salesforce.com, since the basic end of 2009, it's gone from $15 a share 
$65 a share. Now, you knew this was coming, and I knew this was coming. You know, more services going on the Internet, right? You don't need the hardware. Someone sent me an email recently that said, I don't really need a desktop computer anymore. There was a day when I did, but not anymore. That's kind of true, too. There was a day where you needed a hard, you know, the desktop computer in your house that you could run into it and, you know, your personal finance software. Now you just get on the Internet and punch it in there. Someone else will go out and get that data, and someone else will go out and get that software, and someone else will go out and get the computer. You just say, hey, here's my name and number. Take me. Take me to, take me to your leader. There's a big shift going on. So Salesforce.com, I believe, is in the right place at the right time for the year. It's one of my top 10, 2010 picks for the year. Got an $8 billion market cap. I think they're almost too big to be acquired, but maybe someone like a Microsoft would go after them. Maybe. If they ever did hit, you know, true competition from companies like Oracle. Now, what's what's problem for Salesforce is at one point in time, Oracle would say they'd come to Clear Channel and they'd knock, 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 and they'd say, well, "Let's put the hardware and software into your, your business." And now, Mister Scott says, "No, let's we're going to use online. Uh, we're using Salesforce.com online." And now, Mister Scott goes, "But but you have an online version too." So suddenly, what once was a huge first mover advantage, Oracle can do it just as well. Microsoft can do it just as well. So Salesforce.com, what they got going for them is they were the first one to the party, and they've got the mind share and the market share because of that. But over time, they're going to lose that advantage. So it's just something to talk about. You know, is, is cloud computing is it something you feel comfortable with? It's something I feel comfortable with, and I think I speak for people in their 30s. I'm not sure it's something that people in their 20s totally feel comfortable with, but here, let me give you an example of why I think cloud computing continues to catch on. There was a point in time where I dated a woman named Amanda probably my best female friend of all time. Like she was just a top notch person, like probably shouldn't have dated if that makes any sense. Anyway, we spent a few years together and took a lot of photos. Photos were on her computer, not mine. When push came to shove and basically I got the boot, she got the computer, she got the pictures. So I don't have those three years of my life. Now, if, if I had had an online account, I'd still have that. And like, let's say a computer gets stolen. I had an online account where I was backing it up online Desktop has to go online at some point in time because people like me who want their photos. I mean, could you imagine losing the, the first two years of your child's life because your computer gets stolen or, or broken or you forget to download, uh, back it up? More and more, we just want convenience as a nation. We want our desktop to be online. At least people under the age of 40 do. Now, think about it this too. I've downloaded thousands and thousands of songs. I've been a music pirate. I don't do it anymore. I just don't have time. But... I've lost those songs. You know, there's songs that you wouldn't dare ever pay for. You're like doing a BG's 70s party at your house. So, you know, you're not going to go out and spend $25 on 70s music. You're just not. Not going to download 25 BG songs and, and be content and happy. Next day, you're going to go, damn, that party was expensive. So, anyway, but I wish I kind of had them because I have a 70s party coming up. You see where I'm going at with this, right? I want cloud computing. And it speaks to my generation. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Are the phones working? Can I call the show? Let me see if that works. I just want to see if it works at this point in time. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Uh, Bad radio. 5639. There we go. Let's see if I can talk to myself on my own show. Um, we've taken some comments off the air, but I think they just are afraid to talk to you. Was I that mean yesterday? 
when I hung up on the old person, the old person calls up to the show and I basically diverted them. <laughs> Heidi's picking up my phone call. She did. That was me, Heidi. <laughs> cute. She's so cute. She just gave me the finger. Classy. You stay classy. 800-345. No, that's not me. That's not me. Um, no, 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 maybe it is me. <laughs> now I call Wolf and she won't pick up the phone. Anyway, um, 800-345-5689 to get your calls on the air. And um, article in the Wall Street Journal today, again, talking about bringing the internet to the TV. A small startup is trying to do what uh, in Hollywood and Silicon Valley so far been unable to do. Internet video from its YouTube origins to full-fledged television service with dozens of channels. There's a company called Move Networks, and this has been a theme for quite a while now. Video on the web. And this is one of the reasons you still have to invest in companies like Cisco. I don't invest in Cisco. Let me correct that. I trade Cisco. Because I do believe that there's companies that continue to want to put network television on the internet. Now, a 100-person company, uh, Move Networks, based in American Fork, Utah. It's raised more than $67 million from some prominent backers, including Microsoft, Comcast, and Walt Disney. So the big media companies are getting behind these efforts by... You know, putting their money where their mouth is. Technology is good enough and can happen. It comes down to the business case. Now, that's the kicker is is advertising on the web, advertising content, advertising media. So Moves Technology can transmit broadcast quality video via the web in Internet protocol, data packets, depending on availability of bandwidth. Company called, uh, it's capability called adaptive streaming. So this opens up the door to... A lot of good things. This opens up, for instance, the NHL Network. I like watching some hockey games, and sometimes when I'm out of town and don't have the ability to get on my own television to find me some TVs, find me some hockey, or I'm in a different time zone, it opens it up beautifully. Anyway, more executives say they've uh, had discussions with major broadcasting companies about licensing the technology. So more TV coming to the Internet. There is no doubt about it. 800-345-5639. Let's go to Julian in Foster City. Julian? Hmm, Julian. Julian. Rob, are you there? I'm here. Oh, great. Hi, how's it going? Good, how are you doing? Doing well. Um, I just heard you uh, talking a little bit about cloud computing, and uh, and something that you said kind of resonated with me. Uh, you said that you want your desktop online. Right. Um, and about uh, a year ago, I actually started a company that does exactly that. Um, I virtualize uh, business infrastructure, desktop servers, the whole thing, and host that from the cloud. Um, so I literally, uh, uh, to my clients, I actually provide uh, a virtual desktop that they can access from anywhere they can get internet access. And it, it's a, it's a pretty, it's, the technology is is really there. I mean, we live in the future. <laughs> okay. Now, with that said, is do you do the software upgrades? Like, I'd, I'd never have to buy Outlook again. Yep, you got it. Exactly. We handle all the software on the back end, um, and you literally just buy for a monthly charge uh, a desktop from us, um, and we handle all the software licensing. We handle all the hardware upgrades on the back end. All you get is, a, is access to your virtual desktop. You go to a website, log in, and there's your virtual desktop, full screen, just like you're used to. Is this, and it works literally from anywhere in the world. Is this more for the business owner, or is this more for the individual, or both? Um, our present target is the business owner um, because we're trying to be uh, essentially a wholesale replacement for the uh, for business infrastructure. Um, the only thing that you need um, at the physical premises is uh, uh, a network, essentially, and these little things called thin clients, which which connect you to your virtual desktop that 
that literally the monitor just plugs into. Um, so, so our focus has been the business owner, though we're actually going to be launching a product later this year which is targeted at the individual. Um, the, the, the trick with it, though, is that individual users uh, tend to use their machines in a slightly different way. They uh, tend to be more about streaming video and music and things like that, much more bandwidth-intensive applications, um, whereas the business owner is just using Outlook and Word and Excel, and you know, the, the, so the, the requirements are a little bit different. What would you say that the cost is going to be for an individual like me? And for instance, I'm just an email kind of guy, maybe watch a little porn, maybe some some videos, some YouTube, ah, ha, 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 someone fell off a skateboard. I'm a pretty passive user, all things considered. What would what would the average person expect to pay for a service like that? Uh, that's a very good question. Um, again, a lot of it comes down to the availability of bandwidth. Um, streaming video right now is extremely bandwidth intensive in a remote computing environment. So um, our cost would probably be anywhere from fifty to a hundred dollars a month for someone streaming a full screen video, um, and that and that doesn't even factor in the cost of licensing and stuff like that. So that aspect of the technology is still coming along. Um, if you're just an average user that wants to have access to their virtual desktop, their photos, their Outlook, their Word, things like that. Yeah. Um, then you're talking more, you know, 40, 50 bucks a month. Okay. Thanks for the call, Julian. My pleasure. So 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. Let's go to Woody in Palo Alto. Woody? Morning, Rob. Hey, Woody. Uh, I am uh, one of those old geezers that uh, you don't like listening to you, but I listen <laughs> anyway. Where were you 20 or 30 years ago? That's what I'd like to know. 15 years ago I was doing the same damn show that I'm doing now. Yeah, well, I missed you. Uh, glad to have you now. I, hey, what about Build America bonds? I can't seem to get a straight story on what they really are and when they're good in a portfolio. Can you help? Sure. Uh, well, with Build America bonds, what you're talking about is uh, part of the way for our government, and thanks for the call, part of our way for our government to finance their trillion-dollar deficit and their trillion-dollar spending. So uh, they've got government security and government guarantees on them. And that's one thing about our government, and thanks for the call is that uh, we pay our bills, so and we basically pay on time. So Go America Bonds, um, you can learn a little bit more about them by going to the United States government and just you know, doing a little bit of searching there as far as you know the projects that are they're being tied to. Um, but they're basically, they're kind of like treasury bonds. So they're basically, that's what they should be called, but they're not. So uh, they last a little bit longer. So treasuries tend to be a little bit shorter duration. Bonds tend to be a little bit longer in duration. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, if you feel comfortable with that, and again, I'd go with Alan Mulally, uh, from Alamo Capital, Bill Mulally from Alamo Capital, Bill Mulally from Alamo Capital. I think he does a good job of selling bonds and, um, alamocapital.com. You could probably learn a little bit more about some of the bonds that they're recommending at this time. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.